fresh eggs. John Allen. Yo. John. What's up? Looking good, dude. Am I? Yeah, you are. You look you look great. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's all the cool Sharp studio, there. too. Thanks. This is a... Uh, I got a full-on facility now and set up an audio booth, so that helps a little bit. There you go, man. That's great. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm, I'm just Sky doing all... Whole... You're like world famous now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good. I mean, like, I... I I knew that with the TikTok thing, um, you know, that like the content was interesting enough for the internet. Uh, I expected my YouTube channel to, to do well. I guess I just didn't expect it to do this well. And I guess that's a great position to be in. And I feel awkward talking about it. But yeah, no, it's, it's going really well. Right? You should feel awkward because you're at that place, man. Because you're, you're humble, you got a good soul, and you're getting silly well, popular. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's cool to watch. Thank you. Hey folks, my name is Jerry. I am a therapist and producer of documentary style podcasts. I like to look at the sometimes messy and complicated lives of people experiencing really strange things. Why? Pretty simple. Because I have. On this show, I'm going to open the archives on years of interviews with people exploring the magic and mystery of just being human. Going through them, I realized a lot had nice, juicy chats around the main stuff, so I thought, why not give you that? Fresh eggs. Coming up, I talk with YouTuber and TikToker John Allen. He was a former Navy SEAL who tells spooky stories now. He's got millions of followers on both platforms. Um, I had reached out to him because I was working on a project on high strangeness about a year ago, so this interview is from... January 18th of 2021. So in the beginning, you'll hear me breaking down some of the stories to him. And then after the chit chat, I ask him some questions that I'd hope to feature on that project. It didn't fly, but some of the stories ended up on the Dragon's Red podcast, if you're interested. All right. I hope you enjoy it. So it's been bananas over here. I've been working on this project for, I don't know, about six months now. I can barely hear you. Well, let me see if I can turn it up. Hold on. Is that better? Much better. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been working on this project for like six months. And it's pretty big. It's basically I'm taking all these people from three different points of perspectives on high strangeness. Mm -hmm. So I think I filled you in a little bit on it before. But you did. No, I'd love to hear more. Please. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a guy who was associated with Gimlet um, who co-produced Crime Town which is a pretty yep. big, pretty big podcast. Yep. Uh, he reached out about a story that he, he had been working on for a while that Gimlet didn't want to run with. And it was um, a story about a physics professor, an engineering professor in Kentucky that in the 70s, he kind of went off the rails while studying UFOs. Um, and it's fantastic. He had like a fantastic flame out, like death by suicide by SWAT team and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, I'm laughing at this. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, yes, this is perfect. Perfect. And so I've been working with him a little bit. Um, and it's a big mess because there's a lot of people involved in it and all kinds of shit. But he, the first yeah. point of perspective is what happens to those people that choose to chase high strangeness? So hmm. that's the first story for this three part 
um, series. The second story is, have you heard of a guy named Joseph Matheny before? Uh, like spelled Matheny? Yes. Uh, for some reason, the name sounds familiar, but I might just be making that up. Yeah, well, there's this pretty... If you've been, you know, delving into the paranormal, you you likely ran into his story somewhere. So in the early 90s, he was in Silicon Valley. He's kind of this Silicon Valley startup guy who's also an artist. He, <laughs> I'm laughing because it was such a fucked up thing he did. Um, but he decided he decided to uh, take the essence of a story which was there was these Princeton University professors in this in the 50s that were partly responsible for the bomb and all that stuff um, that had this kind of like society where they'd go to a place in New Jersey and hang out. Well, he used that to see the story that there was something strange going on with these researchers in um, which was called Ong's Hat, New Jersey. Mm. So, so he started with this concept of like putting the story out there and then connecting odd stories around it to see what would happen in terms of the narratives of the people that were reading the material. It was basically like some kind of weird psychological. Interesting. Joke. Yeah. Joke that he started on his own. Well, it blew up into this huge thing. Um, and a lot of people started coming forward claiming to have experienced things in this actual facility and oh weird yeah reporting high strangeness events and time travel associated <laughs> with that place and he he set them up basically yeah right? bas yeah he basically set up this psychological experiment how embarrassing would that be yeah so he kind of had to explain his way out of it but he was the kind of person that wanted to play the whole joke out. So it just kept getting weirder and weirder. All these like synchronicities happened around it. And he went down this huge rabbit hole. So that's yeah. the second story. Slate magazine did a little piece on him. And uh, is, is the angle that like he created a hoax? No, it's just, it, well, I, the angle was this, what his angle, the way he was thinking about it is what happens when I start out with a story that leaves room for conscious participation, what mm -hmm. evolves from that? And what evolved was, it was like he was met with a bunch of people claiming experiences that he couldn't explain. And, you know, they had all these kind of histories that he had to explore and stuff. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was very interesting. You know, it's both a psychological study and both a study in, you know, collective consciousness, I guess. Mm. So I went in this really weird place. Um, so that's the second story. And then the third story is, you've probably run into this guy before, Chris Bledsoe. Have you heard him? Oh, wait, didn't you interview him? Like on another episode or something? I did not inter I did not interview him on anything that I put out. Okay, who's Chris Bledsoe? Who's Chris Bledsoe. I feel like I know. Yeah. Hey, you probably run into his story. So he's a, a, a North Carolina native who in the early 2000s had an abduction event and it was basically one of the more um more popular modern abduction stories in terms of evidence and all that kind of stuff hmm. so i went in with the idea that i would produce that because the third perspective would be like what happens to people that are supposedly chased by high strangeness events yeah. 
but I talked to him for like two hours and he's a, he's, he's lost the plot a little bit. He thought he thinks he's a uh, prophet and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, and I basically said to him, I said, I, I said, look, man, I, I, I can respect your experiences. I've had my own, but if you don't leave room for other people's interpretations of their own experiences, I don't want to produce anything, you know, around your story because this just doesn't sound healthy. So I kept pulling the thread on that though. There was a woman who investigated his, his story after the abduction and she had an hour and 45 minutes of missing time on her prop on his property. So I was like, whoa, weird. So I contacted her and she has all this footage. The camera was still running and her audio equipment was running while this missing time event went down. I'm like, holy shit, I got to produce it. Yeah. So there's clearly. Did you get to see it? Did you get to see the footage? I see. I've seen about a third of it. And what do you you think? I think a lot of things. I think (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I will. I was going to ask you to listen to a portion that I'm trying to puzzle out um, if you're interested just just to get your perspective, because there's some strange things happening. The only thing I've been able to validate is there is missing time and there's clearly an event that went down, but she's got this interpretation that it's like an abduction, you know, like, and I'm listening and looking at the footage. First off, the video footage is shit. Um, Has to be. It always is. Paranormal footage, it has to be. It's Yes, it's inherent in high, I call it the high strangeness factor. It's like if anything <laughs> actually is there, it will you will not come away with anything that's valid enough to share with anybody. Yep. So I basically dismissed all that. She had photography evidence too and all this kind of stuff. And it was just like, it seemed to be psychological projection to me. But the audio, there's a sequence of event where you can hear her and her investigator talking with Chris. And this is the part where supposedly the missing time comes in and all the, you can hear all these vehicles driving in and they're walking and talking about moving towards something. And they have no recollection of any of that happening. They only discovered it after the event. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I want, I'm going to hand the material off to a few select people you know and i think ex-military guys are great people to listen to because you have experience hearing a lot of different vehicles and things of that nature yeah i'm i i told her already i said well if you were to hand this off to anybody that is not an experiencer they would likely just say there was some sort of terrestrial event went down the missing time you would have to explain on your own and you know i've had my own experiences so i said to her Look, whatever that that you feel happened, you're the one that carries the knowledge of that. You know, like, yeah. you know, whatever, if there is real phenomena, obviously the intelligence behind it is enough that we can't ever pin down exactly what happened after these events. So that'll be just something you have to carry on. But I'm like, I'm just going to do my best to produce your story and then figure out what's going on in this piece of footage that I got where there's missing time and there's actual a terrestrial event going down like trying to figure out what that is right um so it's strange for sure but uh, yeah yeah so what i'm doing is i'm producing these three stories and i'm getting thinkers artists musicians and just interesting people to give their perspectives on high strangeness Mm -hmm. and you're one of those persons i thought it'd be right on dude 
Appreciate it. Well, now, since your business is strange, you know, I thought you'd be great for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So you ready? I'm going to pitch you the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send it. So if you can, just give me, state your name and what you do. Uh, before I say it, do you want me to say Mr. Ballin or do you want me to say John what, Allen? Whatever you want to share. <laughs> I feel so lame saying Mr. Ballin, so I'll say John <laughs> Allen. Hi, I'm Mr. Ballin. <laughs> uh, you could say yeah, AKA so, maybe. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. All right. So, hi, uh, I'm John Allen, uh, AKA Mr. Ballin on, on YouTube, and I am a YouTuber. Okay. So, um, in this series, I'm exploring high strangeness. So, this is the setup question to just kind of step into a freewheeling conversation about high sure. strangeness. So, there's about 8 billion people on the planet, and over half of them believe in a God that's controlling the reality <laughs> there in the growing majority. Of, the, Your laughter makes you in, in the minority on that one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in the minority. Um, the growing majority of the 8 billion people on the planet are willing to believe without having the knowledge of how it actually works. They believe in science that says they're composed of mostly nothing and they're willing to believe in that. They're okay. And yet when creating the room for something like a belief in an other shows up, let's just say a UFO or for in your field of um, inquiry lately, like a, a Bigfoot or an alien, that one's really hard to grasp. So why, why do you think it's so hard for people to wrap their head around strange? Yeah. Honestly, it boggles my mind, uh, you know, why people can't seem to come to terms with the idea that there might just be like your example, specifically Bigfoot or aliens when like, you know, science is say, like you said, science says, you know, we're made up of mostly nothing. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really get how it's become a thing that in, in a universe, uh, you know, that is unbelievably large right just this alone blows my mind so we're, we're here here we are on earth uh floating around in the middle of this universe that is so big it's it's impossible to fathom its size and people are are shunned and are are kind of chastised if they even suggest the idea that there might just be other beings that exist in the universe think how fucking ridiculous that is it's also ridiculous to say that we're the only ones, but like, I think it, I think it's, I think it has to do with like societal order. You know, it's like, if we start saying that aliens are real, that's going to screw everything up for us. Mm -hmm. So we're going to draw like a social line that we don't talk about those things, even though from a rational perspective, it's just as rational to suggest there are others as it is to suggest that there aren't because there isn't an answer. And frankly, I don't think anybody in any lifetime any soon or anytime soon is actually going to have the, the real answer here. So I think the reason that the, that people are, are, I guess it's considered kind of taboo to consider others, you know, paranormal stuff uh, being out there. I think the reason it's taboo is because society has determined that will screw up too much stuff if we accept that as a real thing. So I think I hear you saying that there's almost like a boundary line that we create. 
And the boundary line says, here's the stuff that we agree upon. And this other stuff, I don't know. Um, but what's interesting to me is that we can go to the stuff that we do know and we can add something as large as a concept as a God in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can say, we can validate but there's God. God. <laughs> <laughs> we can val we could create room for the the ultimate omnipotent being, but we can't create room for another, just another yeah. being that might want to eat potato chips in a spaceship. Don't don't now. be ridiculous, Jerry. <laughs> it's it's funny. So I just want to make sure I'm hearing you clearly. It sounds like it's kind of a social contract or some sort of means of control. Is that what you're saying? I, I think it is. I, I think that a, a good example is like, put, okay, put yourself in, you know, a college party. Okay, just a, a typical like fraternity type party, and you 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 grab a, a group of your friends. Let's assume this is a, the, a typical group of kind of like bros four, in college. Four foot bong in the corner. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, if, if you begin to talk about like paranormal stuff, but from the fringes, that might be interesting. People might be into it. If you got too into it and you got people really thinking about like the sheer size of the universe and how that kind of implies that statistically it might just be possible that there could be other things out there, people will react to that with like, whoa, whoa, man, <laughs> this is too much for me here. But really what they're saying is I do, I, I'm never going to come to an answer and I don't expect to come to an answer in my lifetime. I'm not going to know the answer. So I don't even want to think about it. It's too frustrating. And so it's easier to side with the social construct and say, well, you're ridiculous because that's, that allows them to put that away. But if we, if we just sit here and we just realize that, just think about it. Just think about the fact that Earth, in, Earth is this little tiny thing in the, uh, you know, just in the observable universe, we are this infinitesimally tiny little thing. And it's like, we're supposed to believe that we're the only ones out here. I, I just find that to be absurd. And so just, I think that where I'm going with that is it's frustrating to think hard about this stuff, mm -hmm. this stuff being paranormal, you know, the whole category of others, as we've kind of called it here, it's very frustrating. It's fascinating, but it's equally frustrating. And I think that there's so much stuff that we deal with in our day-to-day -day lives, the kind of the banalities of life, like the fluctuation of gas prices is a thing that affects our life. That becomes easier to focus on. The day-to-day -day grind becomes easier to focus on because it's tangible, it's real. It's like, I, I understand it, but the stuff I don't understand, frankly, there's a level of ignorance in the human population that we're just like, you know what? The way we're gonna handle the, the others, the paranormal stuff, the crazy stuff is by shunning people that consider it seriously because that makes my life simple. It allows me to remain ignorant. And I think that's just the way we handle it. I think that's the way humans handle this stuff. I think I'm hearing you pretty loud and clear on that one. It sounds, I'll put another way of interpreting what you're saying. It sounds like honoring avoidance, <laughs> honoring, yeah. honoring ign ignorance for, to keep our lives simple because we live fairly complex lives, um, honoring those emotions, um, avoiding frustration and fear is what keeps our society in a place where we're not allowed to create room for anybody else in the freaking cosmos. Yep. That's basically and if, it. it. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, the, the, the God construct, right? The idea that we'll, we'll, we'll shun the people that believe in aliens, the traditional alien concept, right? We'll shun those people because they're ridiculous, but we'll believe in a God. 
Well, think about it. What does God represent? Typically, God represents good stuff. It represents hope. It represents right. things that happen. It, uh, it represents, uh, you know, like life after death. Well, it not the Old Testament the, God. No, no, not all of them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, but it's like, we don't need to understand it to know that it's positive, mostly. And it gives us a guiding light. But if we were like, hey, let's talk about alien life forms on uh, uh, another planet in the galaxy. There's no hope there. There's interest, but mostly there's just frustration and fear. That's an interesting point. Yeah, but aren't we taking a shortcut? <laughs> aren't we cheating a little bit when we can say, I, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at this. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> aren't we ch- taking a shortcut when we say, I can understand the great omnipotent one, but I can't understand another li- the possibility of another life form? Isn't that cheating in that we're just creating safety for ourselves without how can one intellectually gr- actually grasp something that's larger than the cosmos if we can't create room for another planet with another civilization, for instance? How can we cognitively do that? That doesn't seem to make sense. Well, I mean, not not to be overly critical of religion here, but I'm I'm fairly confident that a big part of religion is grasping onto something we hope is true, because that's a big part of religion is just hope. You know, like hope that things will get better if I keep my head down and keep doing the right things. Hope that at the end of this life, that somehow I will continue on doing something else in the afterlife. It's all about hope. And frankly, when when you have real hope, if you really if you really kind of married yourself to something you hope is going to happen, you're willing to be completely irrational. You will fight mm-hmm. to maintain your ignorance, even though you almost know you're doing it. And, and so I think that with with religion, it's it's like this almost blind trust in something that rationally can't really exist if you use the rest of society's way of looking at things you know it's like what science is going to tell us that a god or gods exist like it's not but you have people that fiercely support it you have you have politicians and you have people in real positions of authority that religion is their backing religion is the is the thing that's kind of brought them to prominence here and that's totally acceptable so like in many ways yeah yeah no no that's all so we're willing to take leaps to create room for ideas that keep us safe. We're less likely to take risks with ideas that could potentially put us at risk. Yeah, and if you and that's actually that is rational. Right. That part make, makes sense. So we're not as dumb as I would like us to believe we're. <laughs> okay. So let's just say that um we don't have the jury's out on, you know, exactly what's out there. What role for like, if we're taking a story for story's sake, here is, let's just say a book on uh, our beliefs about God or gods. And here's a book on our belief in the supernatural. And that could be aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, goblins, whatever the hell that is. What role does the story of strange play for society, do you think? Hmm. Well, I do think that for the people that are, I guess, interested or open-minded about high strangeness, I think that part of that is they're not uh, they're not scared of the kind of 
not knowing, you know, because like there's there's lots of things that we could we do thought experiments here where we you and I basically come to the conclusion that we know nothing and that there's probably lots of amazing stuff out there that we'll never, ever, ever have any idea that exists or, or will ever understand. But if you're if you're open to that and you're OK with reaching that kind of point, then I think exploring high strangeness, exploring or listening to stories about high strangeness is fundamentally one of the most fascinating things you can do. Like you're 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 thinking and talking about things that kind of question our own existence, right? Like it's like an existential crisis every time you uh, explore the, the the high strangeness. But like that's kind of exhilarating if you're open to it. If if an existential crisis, like or I should say, if, if if exploring high strangeness makes you question your own existence and you don't like doing that, then you're going to quickly shut off to that. Mm-hmm. But if you're open to it, it's 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 like it's unbelievable. I think it's so fascinating to like remove your day-to-day, like to get away from the day-to-day stuff that we all think about. That's very real, but in many ways it's inconsequential. I use the the fluctuation of the gas prices as a good representation of like things that don't fucking matter. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but they do, but they don't, right? Right. Like they're going to keep changing. I don't give a shit if it's up today, if it's down tomorrow, I don't care right? It matters in my life, but it doesn't really matter, right? So I like when you're exploring things like high strangeness in, in story format, um, it takes you, it takes your mind away from that stuff. And it can be scary and it can be a lot of things, but I find it fascinating. And, and I think that ultimately humans are explorers. And if you're open to being a little bit scared and vulnerable, uh, I, I don't think there's anything more fascinating than considering something that would literally turn our entire existence upside down. So it's a good escape. Yeah, I think that's right. I think escape would be the su- the summation there. Okay. That was great. Those are the only two questions I ask. All right, John. Thanks a lot, man. Cool, I appreciate man. doing this. You're big news now. Jesus. <laughs> there you Mr. go, dude. Ballins on the show. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye. Later. Thanks to John Allen for being on the show on YouTube and TikTok. He's known as Mr. Ballin. You can look him up there. Also, if you were intrigued by any of what we were talking about, head on over to Dragon's Bread. I produced Right on Missing Time based on Pam Nance's story just recently. And coming up next is Joseph Matheny's story titled Information Golem. This show is going to be exclusive to Patreon subscribers. So if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash Arts. patreon.com slash Arts. All right, folks, hope to see you there. Take care. Fresh eggs.